For folks who are just listeners and, and not podcasters, this is a thing, guys. You, you you sit there and you're like, oh, look, we said 7 o'clock and it's 6.59 and they haven't called me. Do I call them? And there's this back and forth freaky moment that, you know, that usually goes away very quickly, yeah. but it's it's real. Hello, folks. Welcome back. This is Podcast Junkies and my name is not... Harry Duran. Folks, my name is Dan Lizette. I host a little show called the Podcast Digest. Maybe you've heard of it. But this week, I am sitting in sort of for your regular host here on the Podcast Junkies. And um, that is because I've got a very special guest, a guest that you are probably familiar with. My guest on Podcast Junkies this week, episode 65, is your regular host, the founder, the owner, the entrepreneur himself, Mr. Harry Duran. Harry, how you doing? Hey, Dan. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for letting me sit in your chair this week, Harry. Is it comfortable? It is pretty comfortable. I'll tell you, yellow and black are, are, are comfortable colors for me. So this is kind of cool. Very cool. I'm glad you're enjoying it. So let's tell folks a little bit about what in the world we're doing and why they're hearing my <laughs> voice on your show right now. So, folks, this was actually sort of born out of a Twitter request, right, Harry? We had what apparently is a listener of both of our shows say that Harry and I needed to get together. And when I, I'd heard of Harry, I'd heard of his show. Uh, but when I heard that listeners wanted us to get together, I started digging deeper and going back into his back catalog and, and go through his website and realized that, Harry and I are sort of in the same game um, in terms of our love of podcasts, our love of talking to podcast hosts and finding out what they do to make themselves successful and create a great entertainment product for all of us listeners. And we decided to come up with this little game where I am going to host this episode of Podcast Junkies. So you guys can learn a little bit more about your host, Harry. Is that about it? That sounds about right. Cool. Well, we hope you guys enjoy this. We're going to let you uh, find out a little bit more uh, about the man, the myth, the legend, Harry Duran, and the podcast junkie shows. So typically, when I have my show, Harry, this is the time where I say, for anybody who's not familiar with you or your work, <laughs> to tell them a little bit about yourself. But obviously, anyone tuning in right now is familiar with podcast junkies. Um, so let's skip that question. And let's go right into talking a little bit about how Podcast Junkie started. What was your motivation for starting this uh, great show, my my uh, my brother show uh, in <laughs> podcast fanhood? Tell folks how this whole thing got started. Um, I wish I could say it was something dramatic, like I, I had a dream and I was uh, inspired by some crazy um, nightmare type scenario where i had this woke up in a cold sweat and i jotted down feverishly in my notebook about this fantastic idea you know like nicholas nikola tesla style but uh it's not as it's quite as exciting as that it's just a ma it's just a function of trial and error and um figuring out what it is that i wanted to do besides my nine to five job I, I, I'm trying to think if I've always had an entrepreneurial streak or if it's something that's grown. I'm, I'm not like one of those people that say I had like this multi-thousand dollar lemonade stand when I was five years old. I think it, it was um, just, I've been, I've been a fan of uh, music, first of all. So I've been a, a DJ for 20 plus years. I think my first event was uh, a high school dance. Um, and, and if folks haven't figured it out already, this is now going to be the long version of my story. <laughs> Because if now is not the opportunity to tell it, I don't know when is. Um, and so I've so that was the the, the DJ um, 
itch that I scratched and I just I bought my turntables and I've been doing that ever since. I actually still have those. And then my love of uh, music led me to figure out if I could maybe create a mobile app for electronic music DJs. And I went to New Media. I, sorry, I created the app with a friend of mine and uh, we weren't getting any traction. And I had my only in, um, knowledge of podcasts at that time. And this is probably, let me think about this. This would be... 2000 from 2009 or 10 i was listening to music podcasts so purely for me a podcast was just a 60 minute dj mix um i did not even know that this other world existed and then in 2000 and around 12 um i went to new media expo and i i, I said i was going to interview i wanted to interview djs i was i was a fan of a podcast called resident advisor and, and it, they did fantastic in-depth um interviews with djs but they, they dug in deep and they were all about an hour hour and a half and i, th- I thought that was really cool so i was going to try to mimic that format and um, when i got there i saw there's a lot of entrepreneurial folks there and one in particular was cliff ravenscraft who's pretty popular in the uh entrepreneurial pod how to podcasting space how to podcast podcasting space and his talk was um they had a this format where they would have someone introduce the guest before they would come on to speak and and the person who introduced Cliff Ravenscraft was Chris Murphy. And Chris Murphy is friends with Cliff and a, several other podcasters. And he started talking about this concept of being a podcast junkie or reference the fact that he just listens to tons of podcasts and how he's just head over heels over podcasts. And it just resonated at that moment when I heard him say that. When I heard him speak those words, I really identified with what he, he was talking about because I, I remember looking at my phone and I think at the time I had about probably 20 to 30 podcasts and I was like, wow, this is um, interesting. And as soon as he was done, I listened to Cliff's talk and then I started searching on Twitter asking who was the guy who introduced uh, Cliff Ravenscraft and then Cliff himself responded that it was Chris Murphy and uh, we managed to run into each other in the hallways and, and sync up. And I told him about my idea. And he's like, well, that sounds great. I actually got the date wrong when I just mentioned it earlier. Uh, 2014 was NMX when I first went there, January 2014. And, um, and then I just decided with all things like podcast related or, or new ideas related, you sort of want to do it with someone else because you're afraid of falling on your face. And I asked him, you know, is this something you'd be interested in? He, he said he'd think about it, but he, he didn't have the time right now. And I just came back home, joined in one of the podcasting groups online, uh, Podcasters Paradise, actually. And um, during, I think it was something about what he was talking about the group, I actually went to see if the domain name was available, podcastjunkies.com, and it was. And so I snatched it up, and then I proceeded. I had heard that you need to have three to five episodes in the can before you start, and I started uh, wrangling some interviews together. The first one was with um, a guy named Chase Reeves, who does uh, hosts a show called The Fizzle Show for entrepreneurs and uh i said uh asked him if he'd be interested to, to be guest number one on a podcast that didn't didn't exist and uh he was happy to oblige which was really really kind of him in retrospect and uh, i guess you could say i was off to the races at that point 
So lots to unpack there for sure. And uh, <laughs> it's so funny, the um, similarities and differences between our own sort of paths, especially the DJing thing. Um, some uh, may or may not know this about me. I also have a 16-year career so far as a DJ. But I think just like our shows, Harry, I think our DJ career is a little bit different. I am, by and large, nowadays, after spending about five-plus years in a club now, primarily a wedding DJ. But that's uh, a different sort of uh, interpretation of the term DJ than than what your history you come more from the electronic sort of house djing style correct yeah correct i've uh you know make, making my own mixes and uh i've actually dabbled in some production as well but you know djing in in bars and in clubs as well so before we dig into podcast junkies what is it about the djing piece that made you fall in love music itself or what about or what about the creation piece it was interesting because i vividly remember the two people that had uh, a huge impact on um making me realize that this was my passion i always liked the music and i had one friend who was um he was the the dj in our in our group he was slightly older and so everything that um every time we had an event or local party he was the one djing and i'm trying to think at the time it was early 80s so it was like uh if, if you can picture um or or harken back to the music of like beat street breaking you know that type of music was up coming up and, and freestyle was big as well and i was just amazed by his ability to in essence control the dance floor and control the mood of the the crowd and then the, the second person was my cousin who was uh, a little bit older than me and he had just this fantastic uh, set of turntables in his bedroom and he just had this collection of just like late 70s early 80s vinyl and just some some artists that I'd never even heard of, and and just a bunch of stuff on. I remember you know artists like Yaz and Rolling Stone and the Rolling Stones on vinyl, um, and it was just so cool to just hang out in that room. And I, every time I'd go visit my aunt, I'd just race down to the basement and just spend as much time as I could um, putting vinyl on and, and playing, having no idea at all like how how to to mix at that point, but understanding that it was just so cool to play with those toys. So before we leave the DJing thing, this is what happens, folks, when you get two DJs together. <laughs> One more statement that I've made for a lot of years, Harry, and I want to just kind of bounce it off you to see if this is something that resonates. There's something about being behind the table, creating something on a dance floor and seeing by the end of the night that impact you have on people that you didn't know walking into the room that night. And by the end of the evening, you realize you've had such a dramatic and, and impactful uh, influence on people's uh, feeling for the evening, that they've just had a great time. And by and large, it's because of you and what you've done. That is one of the draws to the business for me all along. Is that something that you would agree with? Yeah, uh, most definitely. I think there's no better feeling. There's no better feeling, A, when you, you play the right song, the right track, whatever it is, and then the, you just see the You literally feel like I get like goosebumps sometimes because the crowd, the energy level on the dance floor just step, steps it up like another two or three notches, and you realize that it's resonating or either you know singing along or hands in the air or, m more importantly, just plain old dancing, <laughs> which is always a good sign when you're a DJ. And then again, it's the accolades at the end of the night and just people coming up to you saying, oh, that was so much fun. Or they're just basically sweating because they've been haven't left the dance floor since you started playing, which is which is all, all good things and all uh, good feelings when you're a DJ. Yeah, I tell people I've got a regular day job as well. And, I, you know, nine to five, if you will. And when I clock out at five o'clock, there is nobody lining up to give me a hug and thank me for doing a great job at work that day. Uh, but almost every Saturday night that happens. And that's a that's a really good feeling. Very cool. 
So let's talk about Podcast Junkies and how you moved sort of from, is this an entree, like a, a regular routine? Can you see how DJs move into podcasting? I mean, are we normal? Is this kind of, you know, the microphone comfort level something that you think helped sort of transition into this world? Uh, interestingly enough for me, I think it was more of the entertainment option because I really wasn't as much of a microphone DJ. I I, I did have a couple of times when I'd, I'd be on a microphone when I was playing, but for me it was mostly just playing the, the music um, for the night. But I think there is an aspect of ent- I, entertainment, I guess you'll, you'll, you'd call it, where you you're in in control of the the playlist or what the person is about to hear so in the case of the podcast you are in control of uh, the interview and the objective is to elicit a reaction on the other side for the audience and to make them feel after the time spent the, the 30 45 minutes the hour and a half whatever it is that they got something out of it and they were entertained and so i do see parallels there because that that really is my objective. I mean, I, I really think long and hard about what I can do to keep my existing uh, audience engaged and happy, and also at, at, at as as you can relate, Dan is is to ensure new folks are coming on board, and also as new folks enter the dance floor, if you will, <laughs> that they're they're that they're dancing along with everyone else. Exactly. You always want to give the audience something that they may like. They may not like everything that you do. Yeah. And I imagine you have felt that not just as a DJ, but as you know, Podcast Junkies moves on. There are probably episodes that you've done that you feel have resonated more with your audience than others, similar to how a DJ may play tracks at an event. Yes, definitely. So you touched a little bit on the question that I've gotten a million times, which is, uh, why'd you go meta podcast about podcasts, that type of thing. Um, when you decided that you wanted to start a show, um, I went through this, it was very quick for me in terms of what's the topic at that juncture. When you decided you wanted to start one of your own, you said you had the DJ app, right? The, the, the sort of getting to know other electronic DJs worldwide. Why not a podcast say about electronic dj so uh the app is actually called know your dj uh that's it yeah (laughs) and um i think i thought we all have this thing we there's this concept that you hear a lot in the entrepreneurial world about the imposter syndrome where you know we get behind a microphone and we start a podcast and we try to talk about an area that we may or may not be an expert in and a lot of times you know we feel like um do I really know what I'm talking about? Am I the best person to be doing this? And I think in the beginning when I thought about interviewing DJs and I thought about the DJs that I wanted to have on the podcast, I mean, I really was going after the cream of the crop. I didn't really have any clear path to get, you know, the first three, much less the next 10 to 20 lined up. I just felt like it was going to be a long slog tracking down, I don't know, agents, managers, booking agents, all these folks that I am, um, I mean, I know all the DJs and I, and I, and I'm fairly confident that I could have pretty decent conversations about, uh, uh, about music and about their passions and what makes them click, um, or tick, sorry. Uh, and so I, I didn't feel there'd be an issue with the actual interview. I just felt that it would be really, really tough for me to get them lined up. And when I went to NMX, I was like, hello, there's like, 10 or 15 people just in this one con, you know, conference 
that I could, you know, hit up and then just ask them. I'm just curious because I, I mean, if I think about it, um, you know, at least four or five of the podcasters who eventually came on the show and those those first couple were were folks that were at that conference and even at the subsequent conference uh, podcast movement. So I think it was path of least resistance now that I think about it. And so you end up moving on to podcast hosts um, and feature shows and uh, interviews with uh, hosts of podcast creators, founders. And similar to, to my own personal experience, you end up sort of in, in a, dipping into a lot of different categories. Uh, how do you go about sort of seeking out, finding the shows that um, you end up choosing to interview, feature, discuss? What's that process like for you? You know, it's interesting, Dan, that at the beginning, there's no shortage of people who want to um, exchange interviews as we're all getting started with podcasting that they said, you know, I want to, you should be on my show, I should be on your show, we should do a swap. And, you know, that that doesn't necessarily uh, pan out. So I didn't want to just be on interviews for the sake, I didn't want to be on shows just for the sake of being on shows. And I don't want to have people on my show just for the sake of saying, oh, oh we did a swap, so now you got to come on. Um, I, I was pretty lucky in the beginning that um, the folks that I reached out to, I either knew or knew of them. Um, I'm, I'm actually scrolling scrolling in my mind through the names. Um, I've had I had a brief either a brief interaction online with them because we were in the same Facebook group, or I briefly met them. Um, and and so maybe for the first five, it was it was through an email or through a Facebook group or through an online chat or we had a friend in common. And then what I quickly realized is um, I started to make a lot of connections at the podcast conferences. So Podcast Movement, NMX, and I started to meet really interesting podcasters. And I realized it was it was more um, important and more engaging and more entertaining for my audience if the conversation felt like it was between two friends. And so what I started to do is actively, um, not that I was screening people, but that I was having in-depth conversations with people, hanging out with people, having a drink at the bar with people and who were who podcasters. And I said, wow, this is, I love the way this conversation is going. We got to keep it, we, we got to continue it. And I just want my audience to know more about you because that's that's interesting. Like that's where this the show started going. In the beginning, I'd have my stock questions, and I it was funny. I just would go through them, and you just have this fear that you'll run out of questions, or you'll get the standard yes or no answer back, and then crickets. And so you know you work through those. But I think it was it was around episode six that um, I realized that that I had a a short a short uh, interview with um, John Lee Dumas, and he's a famous entrepreneurial podcaster, and he's. No, he's just very famous for having everything scheduled, not only the interviews on his show, but his own interviews on other shows. So I only had half an hour and I was like, what am I going to do in half an hour? I can't go through this list. And I just, uh, it was funny. It was for later in the afternoon than I normally have an interview. And it was on a Saturday of all times. So we had gone out to brunch with my wife and I was like, I got to get back. I got to go have this interview. <laughs> and uh, I think I, I might have had a Bloody Mary before I got on. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, I'm lo- loosened up. And I just kind of dis- ditched the questions. And uh, we just had at it for like half an hour. And I, it was a lot of fun. And then after that, I realized, you know what? I'm just, I'm just overthinking this. I said, let me just focus on listening, you know, the art of listening. 
Um, I'd like to do all my conversations with uh, Skype so I can get a connection to, to the folks. And for most conversations, I've been able to do that. And it's just it's just really interesting to be able to uh, connect with someone. And then when you really, it's it, it, it's interesting thing that happens when you really listen. It's almost like the the next question um, manifests, right? Because you're you take a natural curiosity in what the person is talking about, just like you would if they were in a bar next to you. Oh, and I, and I can completely relate to just about everything you said there, Harry. I, I want to go back to the beginning of your response just now, though, because I think for the uh, edification and the justification for all the podcast junkie fans, we should mention that a week or so ago, some of you may have seen some tweets from Harry uh, talking about episode 65 of my show, where Harry interviewed me. Uh, and you may say, hey, isn't that an interview swap? Uh, of sorts, uh, we're doing this, and I think Harry would agree with me, because we feel that we're probably probably two of the only hosts out there that would actually do something as crazy as what we're doing here today, uh, where we can have our own interview appear on our own show. So it's sort of mutual back scratching in that point. Somebody interview me for my own show. That's what we're doing today. Not necessarily a straight up swap other than maybe just a fun podcast experiment, if nothing else. So I wanted to point that out. Uh, think, but moving. Yeah, I mean, it, it's just I think and I tell people this all the time. It's my show. It's your show. And quite honestly, we can, we can do whatever the hell we want, right? Right, yeah. <laughs> Why and not have thing, some fun? We're both in the mid-60s in terms of episode count, and one thing neither you nor I have done have had the opportunity to sort of talk directly to our audience in a way that sort of lets them peek behind the curtain of our own past, our own sort of story leading to where we are. So I think it's a good idea. Yeah. And I should say it was Harry's idea, not mine. So this is a, a, a great idea, and I hope you guys enjoy both episodes on both shows. But I wanted to go back and touch on something you just mentioned, Harry, which I'm, I'm super interested in, and, and we're getting ultra meta now. But <laughs> again, hopefully folks will um, like this kind of peek behind the curtain here. You talked about sort of the approach and maybe research uh, that you do when you're having these conversations and how you've sort of evolved from a set of preset questions to more of conversational style. And, and that was what I was referring to when I said I can completely appreciate that approach. For anyone out there listening, and, and you and I both have probably a lot of podcasters uh, in terms of uh, those listening in our audience, uh, talk to folks about sort of what you've learned over the course of these, you know, five dozen episodes plus so far on what the right approach is when you end up uh, setting up a Skype interview with somebody that maybe you haven't spoken to in person before, but you have respect for the work that they're producing and give them some idea on sort of your best uh, tips for approaching that, that interview. Um, first off, I've never heard anyone refer to the sixties as five dozen. So that's interesting. You like that, huh? <laughs> you, you can have that one, Harry. You can have them. That was quick math in my head. <laughs> Very good. Um, yeah, so for the folks that I don't, I'm not friends with, and and you know sometimes some folks jump on the on on podcast junkies, and you can tell right away because we've hung out a lot, and so we just hit the ground running. But there's there's some that as and hopefully as I grow this show, I'll have the opportunity to interview really higher profile guests that I won't have the luxury of having said I I've been able to you know, do a tequila shot with them or something, but I have to figure out a way to connect because that's the biggest challenge. And, and that's what you can hear uh, very clearly on a, a, such an intimate medium as podcasting, because these, these voices are literally like whispering in, in your ears. And so you, you want it to be um, something that's intimate and something that feels conversational. So I just try to do some homework. Um, I, I do, it's a fine line, right, Dan, because I don't, I don't want to do a complete rehash and just read back their Wikipedia profile to them. Or um, 
I try to I try to listen to other actually other interviews that they've given because I try to find out if there's things that uh, they've where they they make a a glancing comment that says oh I know I've said this three or four times but or you know listeners probably get tired of hearing this but I you know and then they go into some some sort of answer of something that's been asked of them ten times so I listened for those things and I said well I don't want to ask that because I don't want I don't want them to say that on my show right I don't want them to say well you know I've probably answered it ten times but here here we go again. And I try to find one or two things that um, that resonated with me. So I think maybe that's the takeaway to to find something in either their episodes, their interviews, uh, their bio that you can, in a way, latch onto. And maybe if you had to talk ad nauseum about it, because that's that's going to be that's going to be the thing that uh, the listeners will find most entertaining because. You'll go down some rabbit hole, and maybe it's something that they haven't had a chance to talk to talk about in a while because no one asked them. But the fact that you are a fan of, you know, whatever particular thing that is, and you know, for for my one example that comes to mind for me is when I interviewed uh, uh, Steve Stewart, and he was he uh, podcasts on finance. But more interesting to me was the fact that again he was a DJ and he had a vinyl collection and um, he was actually in the room where it was at and I, I got to see it and we went down a vinyl rabbit hole for like the next twenty minutes. So you know to that point, um, I think find something that interests you because you'll be more. Um, it'll come across more authentic when you talk on that topic as something that you're really interested interested in as opposed to something you're feigning interest in. Uh, because I think the audience can sniff that out. So you mentioned a lot of your guests, not a lot, a, a good number of your previous guests have come from connections you've made attending prior podcast or podcast-oriented conferences. I know two years of podcast movement, a new media expo. Um, what are your thoughts on conferences? Who in the podcasting space, again, a lot of podcasters listen uh, to your show, to my show, uh, who should be attending these conferences? What do you think people will gain out of them? And, and what are sort of some pro tips if, if somebody chooses to attend? So... There's there's a couple of different conferences that I've come across and that, and that I've seen as a result of uh, attending myself and then being involved with this new network that I'm part of, Podcastica. So there's the conference that's for specifically for the attendees in terms of uh, insights, tips, tricks, um, guidance, um, how tos, um, interacting with or you know networks or panels that are all with the express um, idea of building your show, making your show better, um, and seeing what other people are doing from a marketing front, from a production front, from an editing front. Um, and, and that's what podcast movement is for me. Um, in the beginning, it's, it's a lot of people with ideas, and, and the first one was very entrepreneurial, and they got a lot of feedback on it not necessarily all good that says that, you know, this is becoming like one big pitch fest and, you know, marketing is, is a interesting word for, for certain groups of podcasters because it just sort of rubs them the wrong way because it kind of takes away from the, the beauty of uh, the production of what they're trying to put together. And so I know some of these, it, some of these newer types of, uh, not newer, but some, some of these other groups. And, and I think the broad ones are comedy, uh, the storytelling and PR style podcasts, uh, the business podcast, um, and probably like a dozen other dozen others that I'm that I'm leaving out. You know, it can get super niche in terms of the podcast types. But um, 
I really, really like the networking uh, aspect of it. So the second podcast movement last year uh, was in Dallas as well. And they actually figured out really quickly that they need to broaden their reach. And so, I mean, the headline, the headliners last year were amazing. Uh, Mark Maron, Sarah Koenig, Leah Tao, um, the Kitchen Sisters, um, Roman Mars. <laughs> uh, and then f- folks that are familiar to me, John Lee Dumas, Pat, Pat Flynn from the entre- entrepreneurial side. But I just loved how it was so well-rounded that there was really something for everyone. And even some people that were there as fans, which I thought was interesting because you normally didn't see that at, a, at the podcasting convention. Um, people who just were fans of the shows and they showed up, which I thought was great. But hands down, my number one reason for going to, to conferences is just the connections, the friendships, um, the conversations. You know, a lot of what I get out of it happens in the hallways and in the restaurants and in like uh, in the bar, you know, after all the, the, the events are done. And just making connections with people that you sort of interact with either on Twitter or on Facebook and you know of each other and you may not even know what some of these people look like, but it's, there's nothing that beats the, the face-to-face, the handshake, the hug. Um, and I'm, I'm just a huge fan after being to, to a couple. Now probably podcast-related, I would say I've been to maybe five or six conferences. And you know, you just run into some of the same faces and they're just old friends. And now it's like my, my community. And there's something to be said, Dan, when you're, when you're in this room and you, and you really feel like you're with your tribe. It's just an amazing feeling because you can sort of let down your guard and you don't have to worry about talking too much about downloads and, and uh, show notes and, and what type of microphone you're using and where you're hosting <laughs> and w- what your guest looks like and show format and just probably 20 other topics I, I can't think of off the top of my head, but it's just fantastic because we're all in it together. And I, th- I think um, you'll probably agree that the podcasting community is, you know, it's, it's really um, intimate and um, I think friendly for new folks and for old. And, and you know, I, I always give props to the people who've been doing it 10 years plus. I mean, a lot of the folks that I interviewed, I've, I've had the pleasure of interviewing, have been podcasting since 2006. Um, when it first started, and I just I'm always fascinated for that historical context. But yeah, to to just bring it back around, um, the camaraderie, the networking, the the face to face, I think for me always beats um, the value that you get. You know, the, some of the some of the one off um, classes are are good too, and obviously seeing and getting to roam the hallways with Mark Marin and Sarah Koenig is is, is pretty cool to, to geek out on as well. Well, and for you and me as podcast fans, first, before anything else, uh, just being around those folks, like you said, the networking and getting to know peas has got to be invaluable. And I, for one, Harry, look forward to Harry Duran's second podcast, Podcast Conference Junkies, <laughs> coming soon, right? Why not? <laughs> And speaking of, we we cannot talk about your attendance at conferences uh, without talking about this. So anybody who hasn't been to podcastjunkies.com should. And the first thing you're going to see is a way to connect with Harry uh, through his email list. But in the background is the the big picture. And I think it is also your banner on Twitter as well with all these people at the conference wearing your infamous logoed yellow shirts. Um, And I want you to talk a little bit about that because you and I have had that conversation in this sort of was like a uh, phenomenon, right? A podcast movement, right? With, with all the shirts. Can you tell folks that story that haven't heard it? <laughs> um, I, I heard this done a couple of times for people that had been going to conferences. 
And uh, I have to give a shout out to Michael O'Neill of the Solopreneur Hour. He did it at NMX, I think in 2012, and it was a big hit for him. Um, and I, that was always in the back of my mind. I was like, that's cool. He got to, uh, he, he had them printed at the last minute too. And so as this one was coming up, I said, um, I wanted to do something that would engage my my previous guests. And it's something that I, I don't hear a lot of podcast hosts talk about, and especially those that have interviews, that I, I really, I really treat my previous guests, Dan, like, I mean, like gold, like just literally gold bars that are stacked up in a vault because, and I, and I never forget them and I never forget what they did for me. And even the earlier ones, I'm, I'm always, I always have like, uh, notices of that episode circulating through my Twitter account. So even if, even if the first one was in 2014, you'll, you'll occasionally see it roll through my Twitter because I just, I just love my guests because, you know, they, they, they were there for me in the beginning and, and they're the heart and soul of, of what the show is about. And so I said, well, let me, let me get some shirts together and I'm, I really want to give it, I give a free shirt to every single guest that's been on my show previously. And so I started sending out the emails and then I said, you know what, I'm going to try something a little crazy. It's going to be like uh, herding cats, but I'd love to get a group shot. And, you know, they all said, well, good luck with that. Because <laughs> at that point, I think I was uh 45 or probably 40 guests in and maybe of, of those the ones who were going to be at podcast movement it was probably a good number um that's the benefit of going to a podcasting conference is there's a lot of podcasters there who you've had on your show previously and so i said okay let me try to wrangle these folks up and uh the folks that you see in the picture are the ones who were able to make it because i was i was trying to get people in together that day and there were folks who literally came into the into the frame like after the picture, like like a minute after the picture was done, I'm like, oh my god! At that point, everyone had scattered, so there's no point in, in taking another picture. But um, there was probably a good, um, you know, five to ten folks that were at Podcast Movement, but just, you know, they were busy. And some of them, you know, uh, Lou Mangiello, I think Ray Ortega, uh, Srinivas Rao, uh, just folks that I've I had the, the pleasure of interviewing, but uh, and some others that I can't don't come to mind offhand. So I gave them their shirts and even the folks who didn't make in the picture who were guests, I gave them the shirts and I just, you know, it, it just started getting a buzz because every, I'd stop every, every time in the hallway and I'd be unpacking these, this box of like 50 shirts and people started coming up to me and they said, are those, are you giving out free shirts? And I was like, well, I mean, I'm not going to sell them. I mean, I, I just, I want, I want to get the word out. And, and then, so I came up with this this interesting little um, response when they would ask me about the shirt. I said, well, I have a free version or I have a $10 version. Which one would you like? And <laughs> they didn't really need to think, <laughs> think about that one too long. They said, um, the free one? I said, okay, all you got to do is uh, subscribe to my show on the spot. And the, <laughs> so I would make them pull out their phone, subscribe to Podcast Junkies, make sure that they did it, and yep, you get your shirt. Well, and it's brilliant, right? And, and and I know this isn't lost on you, but just the show title and the shirt. Again, folks, podcastjunkies.com. If you're listening to the show and you haven't been to Harry's website, you need to check it out and see the shirt. It, it, it of course, is for your show, but it has the brilliance I'm referring to is its applicability to really any podcast fan, right? Yeah. If you just love podcasts, have never heard of Harry Duran, have never heard of any of your guests, or maybe you just are one of those fans who dropped in on this conference, you're going to see this shirt and want it. And then when Harry tells you, you can have it for free if you subscribe to my show, 
guess what? If they're there and they want that shirt, they're going to love your back catalog, which is why I think it was a brilliant move. And I think it's a story. Why I wanted you to share that is I think people who are a fan of podcasts or, or more importantly, and this is what I want to talk about next, sort of the marketing business oriented entrepreneurial side of a lot of your previous guests is just one example of something that is marketing or or really publicity gold in terms of the show title applying to the audience applying to like you said strangers just coming up and wanting it it was it was beautiful thank you so let's talk a little bit about the 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 marketing piece because that's sort of what we just sort of introduced um marketing and and business and and the entrepreneurial spirit of a lot of your prior guests is as you mentioned one of your kind of core interests uh and again, hearkening back to a lot of the people listening to this are podcasters. And a lot of these podcasters have, you know, struggled. Maybe every podcaster, especially uh, independents, newbies, uh, people just getting into the business have already or will reach that time of asking themselves, why do I keep doing this? Nobody's listening. Nobody's following me on Twitter. Nobody's responding to my episodes, whatever the case may be. And I know that over the course of you know these almost two years now, and, and, and uh, I'm sticking with it, Harry, five dozen plus episodes, you've learned some things, especially because this is a, you know, a core interest for you. Share some tips for folks who may be struggling, who may be wondering, is it worth it? What are some of the things they maybe could do uh, that, that you have found uh, or maybe uh, regrets that you had? You know, oh, if I could start over, I would have done it this way or, or whatever the case may be. What, what are some of your best pro tips there? So um, I'm cataloging this in my mind as we speak. I'm really passionate about this topic, Dan, and um, I think it's critically important um, to folks that take their podcast seriously to understand that there's a lot of moving parts um, and you shouldn't dismiss um, these as quote unquote tactics or, you know, it's not a get rich quick scheme. It's not a get download quick scheme, if you will. There's some stuff that people have done in the past. That's really like bad black hat hacking if you call it it's called you know one of the things is called twitter bombing where people would open up like multiple twitter accounts and they'd link the the download you know your hosting mp3 file lips in in, in my case the direct you you tell people about the show and then i there were literally people then that had like 10 to 15 extra twitter accounts and were just bombing people with the mp3 and of course they were getting hits and their and their listens growing up to the hundreds of thousands it was crazy um, I think uh, they've put the kibosh on that. Um, so that's not the type of stuff that I'm talking about. I just think use, I'm a huge fan of of leveraging what you have already done and repurposing content. So some examples. Um, I'm I'm recording an episode and it's an audio format. So naturally, the main thing for me to do would be to put detailed show notes so people can understand in the written form and that what would, and it would show up as a blog post on the site what was covered in the episode because I think people take that for granted. No, they heard it on the show. Why do I need to repeat it? You need to put it there because it's on your blog. It's It, it gives you um, SEO juice, if you will, so that Google can find it. And it gives you a home base. You should always have a home base. I don't care what your podcast is. Don't rely on say, on pushing people to SoundCloud or the, the default Lipson uh site you know try try to have at the very very least grab your domain so that people can can go to that show one of the very first things i did dan was look at podcast junkies 
on Twitter, Podcast Junkies on Instagram, Facebook, Google+, everywhere that I knew I was going to promote, even though I had zero followers at the time, I said, I want to make sure that people know and can find me on the platform that they're comfortable with. A lot of times people rely on the platform that you're only comfortable with. So I'm only on Twitter, so I'm only going to go to my fans on Twitter. For me, it's, I mean, I try to be everywhere. And so the only place I wasn't able to grab my full name was uh, Twitter, and that's podcast underscore junkies. So have have a place, have a home base that you can consult to because there's nothing more confusing than to tell people like, well, go to, you know, Harry Duran on Twitter and then go to, uh, you know, podcast dash junkies on, you know, my uh, blogger page or something like that. Just, just, it's a, a bunch of random things. I just tell people all the time, podcastjunkies.com, that's the home base. And from there, that's your launch pad. You can go anywhere you want. So coming back to the, perp- to the concept of repurposing, when I'm always trying new things, and one of the things I did uh, late last year is I took the first 25 interviews, and I had I worked with a ghostwriter to repurpose them into an ebook. And so, crazy enough, she did a fantastic job. She broke it up into chapters that had relevance to podcasters. So there was something about community, something about uh, equipment, something about uh, maybe hosting, something about social media. So she touched on none, e- each of those, and of the 25 interviews, she pulled out excerpts from each of those that apply to that to that concept. And it's on Amazon now for like $2.99. I mean, the, ob- the objective wasn't to sell money, but I basically took already existing audio transcripts that I had been um, creating in the beginning. And if you don't have them, you can get them on, on a site like rev.com. And she repurposed them into um, an ebook. So that's something that sort of lives on because it, it, it's a way of, of, of referring people back to something that was done earlier I think you, you never want people to lose fact of the interviews that you've done in the past. And again, like I mentioned, that's why I always have the older interviews uh, rotating through my Twitter. So um, in terms of leveraging influence, so this is the guests that you have on the show. Um, a couple of things that I do is I use Gmail. So I created a filter that has all the emails from all my previous guests going into one bin. And it just it's a filter called uh, PJ Guests. And it's just a way, for, I get so much email at, at times that uh, it's it's a way for me to keep an eye on anything that's happening um, or that any emails that I may have gotten or any emails that I've subscribed to that are related to my previous guests. So it's a way of seeing if there's anything that they're doing that I could support. Along those same lines, I also create a list within Twitter. Um, you can create lists in Twitter of people that you follow. One of the first things I do after I've had a guest on is I add their name to this PJ Podcast Junkies uh I call it palatable podcast junkies. Um, and I put all my guests' Twitter Twitter handles in there. And so every once in a while, Dan, I go in there and I just have this one long feed of all my previous guests. Um, there's a couple that go completely crazy on Twitter and I've had to take them out because they're just repeating tons of their past episodes. But for the, the, the most part, um, I really it's really inter- fun to see what my previous guests are up to. And, and every once in a while, I just jump in, into the stream and uh, I respond to something that they're doing because I always want to give back. So I think it's just this concept of leveraging the fact that you already had guests on to making the most of that and then sort of giving back. Um, I don't want people to feel like because they were on my show and then they left, I completely forgot of them. Like it's an out of sight, out of mind thing. So I'll pause there for a second in case you had any questions. 
Well, I, I was sort of selfishly wondering, what about previous hosts on your podcast? Do I get to be added to the list too, Harry? <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> I'm the first previous podcast junkie host. You'll be on there. <laughs> well, I, I wanted to point out, when, when you talked about being everywhere, I'm on podcastjunkies.com right now, of course. And uh, Harry's not kidding, folks. Along his right-hand column, I just want to run this down. He's got subscribe today, Android, by email, iTunes, Stitcher Radio, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Google+, RSS feed, Instagram, and Pinterest. So literally, any of those you like, or you can find Podcast Junkies. It's all there. And you can see the, so, the social media streams that are active as well in the, in the, in the right-hand column. Yep, yep, yep. If I scroll down, I could see even more. Yeah. <laughs> You're right. There's so much good stuff there. So, uh, and, and, and he's right. He's got a wonderful website, folks. And I, I keep talking about it because I'm, I'm, one, I'm looking at it. And two, there's, there's so much good stuff here to be found. Um, so definitely worth checking out. I want to ask, kind of go back a little bit to uh, one other question, since this is the first time, um, at least on your show, that you've sat on this side of the table. Uh, thinking about being the interviewer, I know for me uh, that there have been a couple of handful of episodes where you look forward to it since you've had it booked. There maybe even are some nerves that build up. You maybe do some ultra research. You tell your spouse and your coworkers and your friends you won't believe who I'm talking to. Looking back in your back catalog, not to you know dissuade any other previous guest but there has to be one or two that have really hyped you up you mentioned john lee dumas early on but any others that that have really kind of enthused you to be able to talk to so the the one that uh, definitely comes to mind is uh, brendan mcdonald who is the executive and he's not very well known so I'm, I'm sure just upon hearing that name most listeners may not know who i'm talking about but if i were to say mark Marin, then i think a lot more people would understand and so Brendan McDonald is his executive producer. And I heard him on The Wolf Den. Um, it was now actually probably going back a year where his interview was on. And um, I said, man, he would be fascinating to talk to because I'm not going to get to talk to Mark Marin. And I know I'm selling myself short and I've got to aim high. So at some point, maybe I, I will have that opportunity. But in the meantime, why not try to talk to Brendan? And so it, I reached out via Twitter and I said, I'd love to talk to you, you know, I, about podcasting and about, um, I, I mentioned some, I think I made it, I think I engaged with him online first, Dan, and I said, um, I really enjoyed your interview, it was great. And what he responded was, yeah, it'd be interesting, uh, some of those topics are a bit outdated now, given that that conversation was a year old. And so naturally, the light just blew up in my head. I was like, well, I happen to have a show where you could talk about, you know, recent updates. So now... Mind you, Dan, this was two weeks before President Obama's interview, and I had no idea it was going to happen. No idea at all. <laughs> and so no one did, right? So I was like, ah, oh, this guy would be cool to have on. A week later, two, whatever it is, hello, bam, announced, like, the president of the United States is going to be on Mark Maron. I was like, what the, in, in true Mark Maron style, I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was like, this is crazy. And so obviously, as as any pod, good post podcaster should have and would have and could have, like they listened to the interview and then they listened to the post game with Mark and Brendan. And I was like, holy shit, this is crazy. And so just like sheepishly back on Twitter, like a week later or two weeks later, I'm like, so uh, yeah, I, I think I know why you were, why you were busy. <laughs> I understand. Um, you know, would you, you know, would you still be interested? <clears throat> And he said, you know, just, just because he's an incredibly awesome guy, 
Uh, he said yes, and uh, a little. I, I may. I don't remember if I've told this, but this is this is kind of embarrassing. I was. This is one of those now that you mentioned. I was super hyped, right? I'm like told my told my wife. I told a couple of friends. I'm like, oh, fuck, you know, Mark Brendan McDonald is a producer, and so he's going to be on. And then we had time set aside, and it was almost like, like I almost had like an hour and a half block just ready, just in case he was like had more flexible time because typically I I figured he was going to give me like half an hour, forty five minutes or something. And so, oh man, this is so sad. The the interview, I, I used a, a scheduling tool called Calendly. And so he booked through there. And in the tool, I asked for their Skype ID. Um, and so he puts it in there. And so just stupid me, I'm like looking everywhere but the the, the Google Calendar like in uh, a, a appointment. Um, and I'm like, he's not pinging me on Skype. Um, I didn't get an email. So let's say, let's say it was 10 a.m. So 10 a.m. comes and goes and I'm starting to like freak out. I'm like, where is he? Where is he? And then I, I send him a, um, this is, this, I feel so stupid here. I, I sent him an email and I was like, are we still on? I think before that even happened, I had even texted my wife. I was like, oh, I'm not going to get, looks like he, he bailed on me. <laughs> Oh I was like, "Oh my god!" Total tell me too much. Like, I, I felt like bad. I felt like first, it, talk about what is it? The seven stages of like, uh, like when when someone dies or something. You're like, you get first, you get depressed, then there's denial, and then there's like all these. Right. Yeah, I went through everything because I was like elated, and then like nervous, and then anxious, and then like bummed, and then angry. I'm like, "Oh man, this mother!" Like he blew me off, and it was, I went through them all in the span of like five minutes it was crazy and then he said are we still on in an email i was like oh jesus christ uh, and then he and then i realized that he had already given me the skype id and i sheepishly like pulled it out of the email put it pulled it out of the calendar invite pinged him on skype and uh, he's like yeah i'm ready to go and then and then when i got on he's like because i was at this point close to 15 minutes later he's like yeah i don't have much time and i think when i was doing the math i figured he'd have like 30 to 45 minutes and they said, yeah, because if we can't do it now, and I was like, well, you know, maybe we can reschedule because, um, you know, I'm like greedy. I'm like, I want an hour. And then he's like, well, it'll be about a couple of weeks. And I was like, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> whatever you got, whatever you got, I'll take it now. And uh, we we were able to uh, like 30 minutes in. He he said, hold on, I got to see if there's a I got to take this this call that he had scheduled. And he made a quick phone call and he like, asked if you could push that out. And that gave me an extra 15 minutes. So we got uh, a nice 45 minute interview. Um and uh, yeah, it was it was just fantastic, man. I was just, I was just ecstatic about that one. So July twenty first, twenty fifteen, episode forty seven was Brendan McDonald. Yes. Uh, for folks who want to go back and hear that interview, and I can imagine, I mean, if that had been me in your position, I probably would have done almost exactly the same in terms of the feeling. But that that Skype thing is weird, right? I've been exactly in that same position. It's like, okay, we've exchanged IDs. Now who's calling who? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> For folks who are just listeners and, and not podcasters, this is a thing, guys. You, you you sit there and you're like, oh, look, we said 7 o'clock and it's 6.59 and they haven't called me. Do I call them? And there's this back and forth freaky moment that, you know, that usually goes away very quickly. Yeah. But it's it's real. Yeah. You, you, yeah, you just kind of we you just give it so much importance. Right. And we just this is a big moment for us. And, you know, and and I think the big moments, um, hopefully they just get bigger so that those don't look as as you know, just monumental. And then you just have these challenges with, uh, better, be- better and better guests. And I have a couple coming up that are gonna, they're really big fish that I, that I landed that I'm just still in shock that I've been able to speak to them. So 
Yeah, I've had the exact same experience. Sometimes, I I mean, for me, I think that's one of the best side effects of this, right? The ability to, that the show that we have created and cultivated over time has given us the opportunity to have these wonderful conversations that we may not have otherwise had. And, and sort of tying it back around, I sort of feel the same way about DJing, right? I've been able to go places and do things and be a part of things that had I not started in this industry, probably never would have had the experience of. And, and, and both of them are, you know, satisfying in that very similar vein yeah agreed i i think it's um i mean i i've had just so many fun interviews and and i don't really i don't know that there's any that i look back on and that i'm like well that didn't go too well or um you know we didn't connect because like i said i, I just conscious consciously make an effort to try to engage with people that i like right that i like and that are going to be entertaining conversations and i've had some folks on that i you know disagree with parts of their you know the way they see life whether it's politically or you know anything else and but i've been able to have fascinating discussions with them because i just focus on them as a person um and and there's a lot of folks a lot of folks in my previous uh guest list that i'm really good friends with now and i think i i can really attribute it to um to the podcast and just the fact that i'm having and an hour plus conversation with these with these folks, and I mean, I've, I've seen them most of them through through Skype, and so when we meet each other in real life, it's it's genuine when we, when we give each other a hug. Yeah, I again completely agree, and uh, it is one of the best things. And and for anyone I would think who is considering, you know, starting their own podcast, especially if it's of similar vein, maybe you're not you know interviewing other podcasters but maybe you're interviewing comic book artists or maybe you're interviewing local musicians or or local sports folks or whatever the case may be there is that uh, impact especially as time rolls on where you do feel a sense of community a sense of part of something um that that really can only come from you know this type of uh enterprise and uh definitely feel like it's it's been worth the uh sweat equity uh to this point uh, Harry, I wanted to talk a little bit about something you, you made in a uh, brief mention that I definitely want to explore a little bit because it's, uh, if, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, some of the newest news, uh, for Harry Duran and podcast junkies. And that is you are part now of Podcastica. Can you tell folks a little bit about what that is, how that came to be and, and what folks can find if they check those guys out? So interestingly enough, uh, again, I can attribute this back to the podcast and back to, um, Trying to leverage the guests that I've had on. So I'm going to actually dial it back to how it started. I'm thinking here. So I, I interviewed um, Jessica Rhodes on episode 45, and she and Corey Coates put together a fantastic series called The Podcast Producers. If you haven't heard that, it's a, it's a great show where they actually spoke to probably 30 or 40 podcasters, and they pulled out um the best parts of those into a a 10 part series so think like netflix style um you can they put all 10 episodes up at once and it was just a fantastic deep dive into like it's almost like what i did with the with the ebook but they did it in a podcast format so it's called the podcast producers and so um i've worked with Corey in the past he's, he owns a company called podfly and then i interviewed him and then i said well um, if i interviewed Corey, i gotta interview jessica i interviewed jessica and I said, after the interview, who else do you think would be a good fit now that you've been on the show and you know, and you know what the format is like? And she's like, oh, you need to speak to Jason Kabasi. I said, Jason, he's like, yeah, uh, the Walking Dead cast. And so uh, the Walking Dead cast is actually a fan podcast. Um, that's a whole nother genre. I can't believe I forgot that one. But they at 
they they changed at times in the rankings, but at one point they were the number one uh, Walking Dead uh, podcast, and they've they're they're going gangbusters, and I think they've they've been going since season since the beginning, since season one. So now it's season six, and so they've got dozens, I don't know, hundreds of uh, um, hundreds of what I'm thinking. Like they, they get a, a lot of, a lot of fans, and and I think the the interviews are up into the hundreds of episodes. I think that's what I'm trying to say. And so I, I had a, the interview with Jason, and we really hit it off. It was just one of those conversations where you get on in the in the pre-talk conversation, which is what we podcasters do when we have Skype conversations. We kind of shoot the shit before, and then <laughs> and then we get on, and then it kind of you know uh, greases the wheels, I guess, to speak. So it's not as awkward when you start. Um, we had had one phone conversation previously, but I just I just took it. Um, uh, based on Jessica's recommendation. And so we got on, we started geeking out. I had done some homework into the kind of stuff that he liked. Um, and just from his conversations on his, um, on his podcast, I, I knew that we'd, we'd get along and we'd, ha- we'd at least have some things in, in common. And so um, this is like the long winded way of saying that we really, really connected. And what I, what I did was I just, we just said, Oh, we should keep in touch. Um, and he's in San Francisco and, and I'm here in LA and so we, we we spoke for about an hour and a half, and then there was the podcast um, International Podcast Day, which was uh, last month now I think or a couple of months ago. I, I, oh, September thirtieth. Se- I've got September. the shirt. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So a month and a half ago, and I wanted to. I had a slot that I was able to get a slot with uh, Esprit Devora, and we I think it was nine p.m. Um, our time and Pacific time. It was the 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 International Podcast Day blab was uh, just wrapping up. I think they were like. One there was one more person after me since, and he was in Hawaii, so it was just going around the world. And for those that don't know, Blab is sort of like a Google Hangout, but just much much easier to set up. And uh, podcasts have been having a lot of fun with it. So I reached out to Jason. I said, "Hey, do you want to jump on and just chat a bit?" And he jumped on, and uh, we had a, f- a fun conversation there. And then afterwards, he's like, "Oh, we got I have some questions to ask you um, about something he was thinking about with the network." And so we spoke a couple of days later. And he was trying to think about what direction to take the network in. I said, well, um, I think you've got a, a, a really good concept there. It was funny, Dan, because I didn't even think about joining the, the network. I just wanted to give him some advice about what to do because I saw that he had a lot of like fan-centric podcasts on there. And I said, uh, I think at one point I took a break. We were on a Skype call. And I said, well, let me I had, to, I had to run to grab some water. And it was just weird when you when you get out of like you change your your scene or you change your um you break the flow of something and this is probably why they tell people if you're working for a long time on a computer you need to go and take a walk so i went up to my kitchen grab some water and, and it's so funny because it just struck me i'm like wait a minute why why don't i ask if he's open to have me join <laughs> and i came back and i sat down uh at my desk and i said well have you ever you know i'd be interested in and joining if if you guys if you want to partner up not only joining but partnering with him on podcastica which is what we've done and he was like wow that's he's like that's amazing that's I, I, that would be awesome he's like i really like your show i really like your format and then he we we kept in touch about it and you know that we'd think about how how the structure would work and then uh, a couple of weeks later or a week later he sent me uh interestingly enough an email he forwarded me an email, or, or he told me about an email that he had uh, sent to to someone else. I think one of his co-hosts, and he said, "I'd like to at some point start a podcast where I interview other podcasters." And so this is probably like two two years ago that he had had the idea to do a show like this, but he's like, "Oh, but I never had time to do it." 
And when he told me that, I think we just realized, okay, this is a sign. And we just started, uh, you know, figuring out how the logistics would work out. And um, we're, we've got a placeholder site up now. It's at podcastica.com. And we've got some other um, really fantastic shows on there. So what we've done is we've created a, a Slack group. Uh, for those that don't know Slack, it's a, it's a um, online chat tool that lets you interact with people in remote locations and uh, um, really really feel like you're part of a, a group um, because we can create different uh, rooms that people can make comments on. So we have wins for the week. We have um, we, we put all our episodes in the, in one group. And then we uh, we talk about things we're working on, things that we have a challenge with, and just random stuff. And we just kind of get silly in there every now and then. But the shows are The Walking Dead cast, Evil Dead cast, Under the Comic Covers, The Sci-Fi Movie Podcast, once upon a podcast and game of microphones and of course podcast junkies and uh there's a whole uh, another batch of uh subscriptions that people should probably check out and um you know i i it's really interesting to me the concept of networks and and uh i i've uh, espoused some opinions in the past so i'll be uh curious to watch uh you and your show and and, and what your experience is like moving forward because it's only been a handful of weeks since you guys have uh joined the network yeah we haven't done we haven't done um we've got to get the website up and running and we want to have um, right now it's just a placeholder so everyone's everyone's artwork is on there and it clicks through to their respective sites but at some point we want to have like a, a master feed we want the episodes to show up and we have want to kind of have it make it similar to you know there's a lot of fantastic networks out there the um you know the uh nerdist and uh radiotopia obviously and and even the folks from the herd you know all those folks inspire us there's another one called um can't think of it comes to mind but yeah there's so many relay.fm obviously is fantastic um and so you know we're taking bits and pieces from those and trying to figure out what's what's best but we're we're definitely fans of like minimal design so we want to make it as clean as possible but yeah we want to he jason always wanted to grow the podcast network beyond and just fan-centric shows so i think he was really happy to bring me on board and we have a, a one of the the chat rooms in in slack where we we're always posting new shows for for folks to consider so we're reviewing a couple and we're trying to see wh- who makes the most sense um and and fits the the aesthetic of uh the podcast and, and just it, they're really like uh, i think what, what jason and i have have come to the conclusion it's podcasters who take their shows incredibly seriously but not themselves <laughs> <laughs> that actually sounds like a great network tagline yeah. as far as i'm concerned or, or some close thereof so podcast uh, podcastica.com bookmark it folks check back you know periodically see the evolution of the site and the network uh as harry and crew uh you know evolve that network into uh you know a thing to uh be watching and i know uh, myself uh i've done that and um I'll be watching, and you guys should be doing the same as well. Uh, Harry, since this may, may only uh, be the only time uh, in the podcast junkies history that you get to sit on the other side of the table, uh, what haven't we talked about that you would like your listenership to know? That's interesting. Um, it's funny because I, I feel like um, over the course of the 60-plus you know, episodes, I, I trickle out bits and pieces of um the show to folks uh to let i'm a firm believer and and i think this you you may relate to this and it, this comes over time that the only way you can build a, a loyal fo- following of, of fans for a podcast is for people to um feel some sort of connection 
to the show and and I think more importantly to you and I think um, it's important that they can resonate with something that you say because otherwise you're just like a, a bobblehead right you're just interviewing right. people and bring on the next one and bring on the next one and you know as much as people you know loved you know some talk show hosts in the past and probably date myself with these references but you know maybe Merv Griffin and Johnny Carson you know some of the famous ones you know can you really say at the end of the day that you really knew like what you know you know what went on behind the scenes and you know there's stories of tons of stories about what Johnny Carson was like in in real life <laughs> and and I'm sure no one really saw that on the air and, and I think what's happening with podcasting is in um you know some podcasters do this to an extreme I, you know Leah Tao comes to mind you know in terms of being open and upfront with her you know personal right. life but I'm really inspired by that and you know sometimes I, I I tend to think twice about whether I should say something. And, you know, I think my first response is my first internal um, gut check is, is this something I've already told my wife? <laughs> Cause I don't want her to, I don't want her to find out on the podcast. That would be really awkward. <laughs> Especially if she's delayed listening, you know, she's two or three weeks behind and two or three weeks later, you end up having to answer to something you said so long ago. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, well, she, she, the thing is, in the beginning, a lot of the, the stuff she didn't resonate with because it's like entrepreneurial stuff. And she's like, yeah, she's more of like, uh, she loves Terry Gross, um, uh, Fresh Air and some of the NPR stuff. So she actually, I'm, I can I'm safely say she hasn't listened to all my episodes, but I, I still love you, honey. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> she's listening to this one, apparently. <laughs> no, I think, Dan, I mean, um, I just, I'm. I'm I'm putting my heart and soul into this, man. I I really love this. And there's nothing that makes me happier than the hour and a half that I spend with my guests. I'm 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 smiling ear to ear, especially, you know, when you get into this flow, man, of a conversation that feels like it just go, could go on for hours and you just man, just wanna kick back and, and you, you you know, you're hitting on all you know, you're firing on all cylinders and that stuff just really makes me happy. And it's just something that you've touched on in your show. Um and I've probably spoken to it. I, I feel like it ad nauseum but I, I think i just we just have to keep saying it that you know to the extent that people can support the show in 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 the way that is best for them you know i, I really would you know ask them to do that and, and if it's if it's just downloading the show fine if it's just if it's subscribing hey that's even better we love those subscriptions you know and if it's telling your friends um you know and then and if it's supporting us through the through the you know the the sponsors we may or may not be able to wrangle onto the show or even something simple like, you know, we all set up these Amazon accounts and I I don't think I've ever pushed mine, but you know, there's a I think it's podcastjunkies.com slash Amazon. I never even checked. It might that might work. But it's just I I hear some podcasters do very well with that. I think um there's a podcast called Tangentially Speaking with Chris Ryan and he actually actively reads the things that people buy on Amazon through through his affiliate link. And, you know, it's very interesting. He's like, oh, someone just bought this, like, uh, you know, uh, skis, you know, and this, or, and his show's a bit, um, what do you, I would call it, uh, adventurous. Uh, his, his book was called uh, Sex at Dawn. And so you can just imagine some of the things that people buy on, on through Amazon. <laughs> but he reads them aloud, which I think is hilarious. So I think I'm always looking for ways to just engage more with my audience and I'm and invite them to engage more with me. Uh, I try to be as transparent as possible in terms of what's going on. And, and you know, I talk about, I don't want it to be like Facebook where we only put the good things up. Um, so if I, I try to be open with things that I'm struggling with, um, but I don't, I don't want to bring people down as well. So I think it's just a fine balance of, of, of sharing enough, but not too much. 
Yeah, and I think I, I just echo that sentiments, folks. I mean, if if you're a subscriber or if you've downloaded this episode to to learn more about Harrier Podcast Junkies and you've made it this far in the conversation, you need to check out podcastjunkies.com and look down that right column we talked about before and all those different ways uh, that you can let Harry know what kind of job he's doing. And for me, that's one of the biggest things is that shoot a quick email. Man, I've talked about this on so many episodes of my show, which is if you like what you've heard, podcasting and social media is an, a, an ability to connect with that host you hear in your ears every single week so much more than your local television reporter or a movie star that you're a fan of or a band that you go to a concert for. Not that a podcast host is necessarily on, on that level, but you have a direct line. I mean, I hear from people who listen to my show all the time, and I can pretty much assure you within hours at worst, I'm replying. I'm asking questions. I'm thanking them for listening. I'm saying, you know, um, you know what did you like about it or, or whatever the case may be. Find another entertainment medium that you stick in your ears at a regular basis where you're able to interact with sort of the main producer of that entertainment uh, with that type of, you know, reaction and engagement. And we encourage that and we, we thrive on that. You know, I'm, I'm, and I speak for Harry, I'm sure that a majority of the people uh, that you guys end up listening to are not necessarily millionaires. They may pull in a little bit of revenue, but they're not necessarily all Mark Marin, so to speak. Uh, and they do this out of a passion, out of an interest, out of a, you know, a wonderful enjoyment they receive. And a big portion of that is hearing from the people who like what they've produced. Would, would that be a fair statement, Harry? This is what happens when you have the mute button on. <laughs> we'll leave that dramatic pause in there. Uh, there yeah, wholeheartedly, Dan. I mean, I, yeah, I, I just can't stress that enough. It's like you said, it's the, the folks at the, at the top who are killing it, are killing it, and uh, they're inspiring to the rest of us. But we just love what we do, and uh, to the extent that we keep doing it with the help of our audience. I mean, to be honest, without our listeners, you know, where would we be? So, um, you know, it's just. We do as much as we can for them and, you know, to the extent that they can support what we're doing, it'd be awesome. I mean, it's not as if we appear on our own shows or anything, <laughs> but we did this week, folks. We did this week and I have to do this. So Harry Duran, thank you for joining me on this episode of the Podcast Junk. It's the least I could do, Dan. <laughs> well, folks, I'm going to attempt to close out this show. Uh, I hope that you guys enjoyed this kind of role reversal episode of Podcast Junkies. Our guest this week is Harry Durand, and he will switch sides of the tables and the microphone for the next episode where he, I'm sure, will have another great guest uh, that you guys will enjoy. Subscribe to the show. Let Harry know if you like this. And who knows? Maybe Harry and I will get together again uh, and uh, do something along these lines next time. But uh, uh That'll do it for this week. Uh, Harry, thanks again. And thanks for letting me take this side of the table uh, for this. This was a, uh, a ton of fun. Anytime, Dan. You did a fantastic job. Um, you're a regular, officially a podcast junkie host. Uh, usually I would say tell folks where they could find your show, but I think they've already found it if they're listening. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty <laughs> sure at this point they could figure it out. But just in case, folks, just in case, podcastjunkies.com. <laughs> <laughs> perfect <laughs> folks my name's dan lizette my little show is called the podcast digest i hope you've enjoyed and again thanks harry for letting me sit in and uh, harry will be back to talk to you guys again in the next episode so what'd you think that was an interesting little experiment and i'm so happy that uh the twitter follower whose name i don't actually remember right now so i need to look that up uh reached out to dan and myself and he said you guys are 
are partners in podcast crime and you should uh, team up. And we got our heads together and figured out something creative to do. And we had a lot of fun doing this. We did this back to back. And the most immediate thing I want you to do is head on over to thepodcastdigest.info and go listen to what is uh, actually part two of this experiment, the interview that I did on Dan's show where I was the host of his show and interviewed him. And that'll give you the full picture uh, of our backgrounds because we actually covered different topics in each one. It wasn't like it was going to be rehashed. I thought maybe when I first thought about this experiment that that's what would happen, but it didn't. It turned out very, very well. I'm really happy with it and I hope you guys enjoyed it as well. So Podcast Junkies is a proud member of Podcastica. I'm really enjoying uh, some of the new shows some of the new episodes from the shows we have on there, it's Walking Deadcast, Evil Deadcast, Under the Comic Covers, the Sci-Fi Movie Podcast, Once Upon a Podcast, and Game of Microphones. Recent episodes on The Walking Dead cover um, the latest episode, which is called Now. I'm a fan, and it's driving me crazy. Um, if you are not up to date on the show, there's a certain cliffhanger with a character that's major character that appears to have died. Um, but we don't know if he has yet. So I'm trying not to re- reveal too much. And it's driving me crazy each week that I don't have the answer to that. So they're sort of my therapy for walking me down off the ledge um, and coming to grips with the fact that it's probably going to be dripped out at a pace that's suitable only to them, not to me. Uh, intro and outro music is, of course, Cedar in Soil. Head on over to cedarsoil.com and take a look at some of the new music that George is uh, putting out So I wanted to take a couple of minutes to talk about the process for putting episodes together that I I think would be um, helpful for you to understand what's involved. Uh, As you know from listening, each episode is about an hour, hour and a half, but that only scratches the surface of what the prep work is as I get ready for these. So there's a lot of things that are involved in terms of research, research. networking with with guests, going to conferences. And I I really put that all in the show prep category because I want to really put the best show together for you guys. And so as I was thinking about this this past week, I really thought about encapsulating it in three requests, three things that I need all of you to do. So first off, if you like the show, then obviously download it. But most importantly, hit that subscribe button. It is by far the most important thing you can do to signal to iTunes that the show is providing value to you. It's not enough to just download, because if you do, you'll miss an episode, and you definitely do not want to do that. Then you'll be behind all the other podcast junkies, junkies, and you don't want that to happen. If you're new to the podcast, one of the things you can do, and which I highly recommend, is head on over to podcastjunkies.com slash iTunes. It'll take you straight to the iTunes listing. Again, if you haven't already, subscribe. But for new listeners, check out five shows that grab your attention. I've tried to readjust and change the, um, not the order, but actually the the naming convention. So now a relevant title to the episode shows up in iTunes. And that'll give you a feel for what's the topic that we're going to cover during that episode and and who that guest is. So hopefully that format is more relevant and lets you find... um, the folks that you want to listen to faster. It'll give you a true flavor um, by doing that of what the show is about and why I call it the podcaster's voice. Number two, if you're getting value out of it, if you're enjoying the guests and you're enjoying the conversations, you need to tell other people about it. 
Now, I'm not asking you to hijack people's phones uh, and automatically put the podcast on there, but I would not complain if you did. Or even grab their laptop and take them to the website and force them force their fingers to to type on the keyboard. Not anything silly like that. But if you want to spread the message and help me grow the show, the easiest thing you can do is just tell people. If you know people that are into podcasts and you think they'll dig the show and you're a loyal listener, then I think you're one of my best champions. And last but not least, if you really love the show, then is where you would go back to iTunes and leave me the rating and the review. So there's a reason why things are in that order and, and, and they're that way because of order of importance. And so, like I said, there's hours of show prep, and I want to have an insightful and well-thought-out conversation with my guests, because if I'm not entertaining you, and you're not getting value out of these conversations and enjoying them, then I'm not doing my job, and I want to keep doing that. So all I ask is that you support it. Take five minutes, download and subscribe, tell a friend, and rate a review. And I would be incredibly And I am already incredibly uh, appreciative of everything you do for the show and to continue to support. So for those that have made it this far, you know what time it is. The retention hashtag for this episode, we'll keep it simple. It's hashtag Harry Dan, H-A-R-R-Y-D-A-N, in honor of our face-off style uh, meetup of the minds. Thanks, guys.